And this is the Mouthpiece Podcast. No light delay to the intro. I just want to get straight to it. Got business to handle. I need to get this podcast out. I'm running late. It's Thursday night. Fights are Saturday. I got to get this out as soon as possible. I didn't even get to all the fights. Like, I didn't get to break down all the fights I wanted to break. I didn't break down Terry Harper, who's an excellent fighter. You should watch. She's going to find his own. Excellent female fighter. Had one of the fight of the years uh, last year. She's very talented. A lot of opportunities for her. So definitely watch Terry Harper. I didn't get a chance to break down that card. Also, Dalton Smith, who I think is like one of the best prospects. I think he could be the be- uh, prospect of the year in boxing out of England. Uh, I think the English fighters have been getting, you know, a bad shake lately because basically Canelo went over there and just destroyed all of them. But Dalton Smith is going to be the real deal. So, okay, so there you go. I'm trying to watch those. I didn't get time to break them down. Um, but let's get to the, the biggest card this weekend. That's the UFC. You got Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Now, I would say let's go to the stats, but we didn't have time to get to the stats this week, okay? Jade worked really hard this week. She, you know, really put her, you know, she really grinded this week. As people say that she grinded. She was grinding. And uh, she, she just, she handled her shiz. Is that people still say that? No, no, not at all. Don't say people no don't handle their shiz. Well, she handled her shiz. <laughs> and uh, so we couldn't do things, but say hi. Sit. There you go. So Jade is here. She's co-hosting. She's still co-hosting. She's more than just stats. She's color commentary. She's a personality. Color commentary? What does that even mean? So color commentary is like when someone's fighting, right? And there's a fight happening. And there's a guy that's like... There's a guy that's, like, commentating on the fight, and then there's a guy that's doing, like, adding in, like, oh, he's doing this and that. That's a color commentary. He's adding mm-hmm. a little something to it. You know what I mean? So that's what I feel like you do this podcast. You add a little something to it. A little pizzazz. Exactly. You're pulling out all the tricks. That's never looked like that before, but <laughs> all right, let's keep it going. Okay, so Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Honestly, the all the this whole week is not, like, this is where you're going to take some chances as a better Right, but these are like there's no for sure picks. You know me, I love a good for sure pick. I'll risk it all on a for sure pick, right? But this is the weeks that I think a lot of people like betting wise, right? I think Vegas likes these week, this week for betting. They love this week for betting because everything's a toss up. Boxing, MMA, everything's a toss up. I really don't feel comfortable about anything. So coming up with bets this week was hard. But this is one of the fights I just stood away from. Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Now Oliveira is a journeyman of journeymen. I mean, a journeyman to a champion is so damn rare in fighting. It really is, especially in the UFC, because they cut people. Like, you can't really go on losing streaks in the UFC. And Oliver, Oliver, Oliveira will go for win. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> Oliver, Oliver, Oliver. It sounded like you were saying, Oliver, Charles Oliveira will go from big win to big loss. That's what, was no, what he was known for in his career. He's always been talented, but his stand-up was never really considered high level. Uh, his gra- He was always just more of a jiu-jitsu guy. That if you take it to the ground, he would dominate you, right? But then all of a sudden, he just put this stand-up together where he has, like, excellent timing. Uh, he uses his, his techniques are all good, like his punches, his kicks, elbows, knees. He has, like, an excellent top game now where he, he drags it down to the top, controls it like he did Tony Ferguson, right? And he won on this excellent run. But then I looked into the run, and there's a lot of questionable wins on that run, right? Especially Tony Ferguson, who may be shot as a fighter and might have just caught him at the right time. But everyone else before that, like, there's not one name you can read off and be like, yeah, this guy's a legit contender. It just didn't happen like that. Now, that's just questionable winning streak. doesn't mean that he, you know, he's 
not as good as we he could be or what they think he could be. But it just means that I don't know if you can 100% buy until his wins. But the same thing with Michael Chandler. Because Michael Chandler wasn't even the best lightweight at Bellator. And that would lead to, if he won this fight, Bellator would have their the claim. It might be the first time ever they have a claim that they have the best at lightweight. They would have the best guy in one division. And that would for sure be uh, uh, Pitbull. Right, Pitbull would definitely be would be considered better than Michael Chandler, especially because he knocked out Michael Chandler. So that's another interesting part of this, right? Is that people are looking at it like Michael Chandler is going to prove that Bellator has good fighters. Michael Chandler is going to prove Bellator has good fighters because he got knocked out by their champ, Pitbull. So this is a big fight for Pitbull because if Chandler wins, Pitbull is one of the best fighters in the world, right? That's what that shows. But Michael okay, Chandler, it's really hard for me to take it seriously when you keep saying Pitbull because I think of Mister Three Hundred Five. No, I know. I, you know what? When I said that to you, I was like, I, I bet she thinks of, I bet she's thinking of Pitbull, uh-huh. like Kale, right? But that's not who I'm My talking dad's about. dad's favorite. That's your dad's favorite? <laughs> My dad loves Pitbull. Pitbull's yeah. not bad. He's like. Not bad. Maybe he's bad. No, like, he's not bad. He really isn't. Bad. Because like his music isn't like. It's not like too corny where it's, it's like. It's corny no, as No, no, no. Okay, okay. So like, you know, some people have music, right? Okay, like Flo Rider, right? Flo Rider is like. Uh, I think what they say in uh, on Atlanta was like he's hip hop for moms, right? That's what he is. Like he, you could feel that, right? He's like hip hop. So he's hip hop for moms, right? He like if you see him, you like you can see him like in a kid's Nickelodeon cartoon. But Pitbull is not kids that. Pop. Yeah, like yeah, but Pitbull isn't that. Like Pitbull is just like this is just happy feel good music type of thing, like a party music. But I don't feel like it's flow rider. Like I don't feel like he's ever passed that. Like I still see him. I'm like no, that's Pitbull still like, is like what like. 50 year old parents put on like when they're trying to like oh i'm gonna try to get down tonight you know and it's like yeah he fits that but like i could easily go to a party what normal person would be like i'm gonna listen to some pitbull right now if you say you you're not normal no i don't have any pitbull on my playlist but if someone threw on pitbull like remember what was the song you had the that was uh with um who what's the song you had like he featured like a a bunch of guys, and he was like, it was like a famous song. Was it Usher? I think Usher was on it. Pitbull? Yeah. I don't have a song by Pitbull <laughs> on any you, of my playlists. Pitbull has some hits. I know that for sure. But I don't know. Well, anyway, that's not the Pitbull I'm talking about. But this guy's name is Pitbull. Okay. Pitbull. okay. And he would be considered one of the best fighters in the world, right? With oh. the win, Michael Chandler win. Or even with the Michael Chandler credible performance. It, the thing is, I so you got to get to the breakdown of what these guys can do. Charles Oliveira, who's very confident in stand-up now. He's very calm. He's very patient. He's very methodical with the stand-up. He picks his shots. He's got pretty good timing. Like, his timing is not bad at all. Um, for what for what it started off to what it is now, it's pretty amazing. It's a, really a guy that really perfected his craft. He even didn't let the losses really affect him. and just kept learning and learning and learning, right? And his ground game is, is next level. Especially, like, if Tony Ferguson was not a shell of himself, right? Tony Ferguson had a little fight, and he did that to him, right? The way he dominated him on the ground, Tony Ferguson is pretty good on the ground. He just destroyed him. He took him apart on the ground. He was a schooling on the ground. It was a obliteration on the ground. Now, the, the thing with Alvera does stand and stare for too long. Um, he is kind of straight up. His chin does pop up when he does the throws combinations. Um, he also looks to check kicks with his leg, he pops his leg up to check kicks. He pops his leg up real high. And that also leads to him being unbalanced to take shots. If, say, if uh, Michael Chandler comes in with a heavy right hand. But Michael Chandler is a little bit one-dimensional. Everything he does is just overhand. Now, he d- I did see him switch against Benson Henderson, which is a questionable win because Benson Henderson was a champ about seven years ago. So that's a very questionable win, the win that 
before he came to the UFC, but I seen him switch. I think that's the most like. So uh, I think uh, the hardest thing to he he could bring to the table. It's like one of the most. It's one of the main things like that he could bring offensively to the table that could, could cause confusion, right, for Charles Oliveira. Because you know my challenge is going to come in with that right hand. He throws it to the body. He throws the head. He throws a few jabs as, like, you know, distraction. But it's not, not really nothing behind them. And then when he switches left hand, he could throw the same power with the left hand, which is pretty impressive. I mean, not a lot of people could do that. And he throws the haymaker or the thing. But it's the same shot coming forward. Also, uh, Chandler dips. He dips his head, but he doesn't dip his head like he fully dips his whole body. It's 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 strange. It's it's incorrect technique, but I think it's because he likes to fake a takedown also with it. So I think that Charles Oliveira is going to catch him. I think Charles Oliveira is going to pick his shots, and I think that Michael Chandler is going to become predictable with the shot he's looking for. And I think Charles Oliveira is going to make him. He's going to catch him with that dip that uh, Chandler does. He's going to dip on him, and I think Charles Oliveira is long enough to make him pay with a knee. When he does that. But I expect him to catch uh, Michael Chandler because it's predictable. And I think the first few rounds, uh, Oliver will be defensively sound. Right? Even though he will stand in front of him. Even everything, he'll keep his hands up. He he uh, he has a pretty good, like, a stepping back and riding a punch. Right? And I just think that Michael Chandler is going to become predictable at one point. And I'm not sure Michael Chandler is at uh, really that high of a level at lightweight compared to the what the UFC has. Now, I don't know what Charles Oliveira really is because I told you that winning streak is questionable. But both their winning streaks are questionable. And being Benson Henderson doesn't mean you're a top contender, I promise you. And being Dan Hooker, who really was uh, uh, tailor-made for Michael Chandler's style, it just comes down with a bunch of question marks. I don't know how really good both these guys are. But from when I see Charles Oliveira, the technique is there. And sometimes uh, winning streaks and all that can lie. Uh, you know, there could be fluke wins. There could be, you know, fluke runs. Technique is, it's there. I see it. That can't, that's not going to fool me. And the stuff that I've seen and the timing I've seen and just the way that how confident he is and how much he believes in what he knows now. He's just 100% is coming to his own as a fighter, which is a really beautiful thing to, to do, right? It's a beautiful thing to see. And it's just, uh, amazing journey from where this guy started, the the road he had in the UFC for years to get to this point finally, is it's just perseverance. It's just heart and perseverance, and I think Charles Oliveira is going to pull this out. Now the counter is it is he stands in front of uh, Chandler too long and Chandler lands a big right hand and it's over, or he does he starts switching and that switch is pretty damn effective. And he lands a big shot because Charles Oliveira stands in front of people too long and he stays straight. Doesn't really have a lot of head movement. But I'm going to pick Charles Oliveira in this fight. I'm not going to bet it because I told you. I don't. There's too much questions going into it. I really don't know. We're going to find out. Let's get to the co-main. Right. And this was supposed to be uh, Nate Diaz fight. And just like everything else in Nate Diaz's career, right, it never goes according to plan. Even Nate Diaz's biggest win didn't go according to plan, which was with Conor McGregor. It was a late replacement fight. So now we have Tony Ferguson stepping in against Darius, right? And like we said, we could... We could Usually we we'll go to stats at this point, mm-hmm. but we couldn't go to stats now. But how do you think I'm doing so far? I think you're hearing it pretty well. Okay, because I see you look at me sometimes when I stroke on a word. Struggle on a word? Mm-hmm. It sounded like you said stroke on a word. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what I have you here for. Just bring in those those quips. All right, and then we got Tony Ferguson versus Darius. Should I tell them about the the flaw with your mouth? Yeah, tell them about the flaw with my mouth. 
Sometimes Ezra will be talking and he'll be like, ah, and I'm like, wait, what? And then he'll just watch. Like, it's like a lockjaw, like with a pit bull. A, a pit bull. <laughs> there you go. That's the <laughs> and theme. he's like, your jaw just like shoots back and stays stuck. And you're like, I just say it out there. That's the worry part that I am about that, though, is like, I didn't know that until you said it. So how long have I been talking to people and doing that? And people just being like, that's just the way this dude talks. Like, Yeah, but then you noticed it after I said it. Yeah, I knew what you were talking about because I'm paying right paid, paid attention to it. But I'm saying all the people I talked to before you, right? Everyone that I talked to, do they know like, oh, Ezra does that weird thing with his jaw when he talks? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I said on our first date, you were driving. And you, were, you did it and I was like. <laughs> you just nodded your head? No, I was like. Does anyone else see this? <laughs> just it was just me in the car. <laughs> All right. All right. So it gets to Tony Ferguson, Darius. I thought, okay, like Tony Ferguson in his prime, this is a t- this is kind of a tough fight to tear apart, right? Now, Tony Ferguson in his prime probably wins this fight. I would pick him to win this fight. But that's not what you're getting. You're not getting Tony Ferguson in his prime. You're getting Tony Ferguson the shot that can't take a punch anymore. And I know that he's at wild card. And I know that he's... Switch the whole staff up, the whole team. And that's usually what people do when they're old and shot. They're looking for answers that they can't find in the gym. Or they're trying to switch it up to see that they can find what makes them good again. Right? And Tony Ferguson, fan favorite, interesting style. Uh, he's fun to watch. He does a bunch of uh, unorthodox or just weird random things in the in the cage. Uh, mixes a bunch of different techniques together. Does a bunch of stuff that you would say don't do, but he does it made, made it successful. So he's fun to watch. Those guys are usually fun to watch. Dariush is more, uh, you know, he's more, I would say, you know, not textbook, but he's more like to a basic style. He's got a basic stance. He throws overhand right. He, he, he He's very confident in his stand-up. He's very confident in his chin. He's very confident in his power. Uh, he looks to take the fight gra- on to the ground. He's very good with submissions, very quick with submissions, very good with transitions to the ground. I would say Darius is probably his most effective on the ground. Even though he has a bunch of knockouts, I think that his best is on the ground. But he will look to stand. And in this fight, I think he's going to look to stand with Tony Ferguson. And I think Ferguson is going to look to stand because that's usually what Ferguson does. And he's going to look to jab, do, uh, put his hand in the wrong spot. The only problem I have is the style that got Tony Ferguson here. And he's that wild card. Is he trying to change it now, at this late point of his career, with a small, with a you know, with a little training camp? Is he trying to change everything that got him here? And if he goes with the style that got him here, does he have the chin anymore to withstand the shots that he's going to have to take for that style? The answer is no. The answer is no to both. Right? There's no thing in here where he's going to turn this around. And this is the signs you have to see, especially like if you're betting or all those things. These are the signs, right? Of an old fighter, he starts. Change the whole staff. Goes to a whole new gym. This is a, they're training me the right way now. After he just got destroyed by everyone else, right? Or he can't take a punch anymore now. But you know, I needed to find back what I was doing before. Get that aggressiveness. No, you can't take a punch. It's it's not going to happen. It's done for Tony Ferguson. As much as I hate to say it, as much entertaining he was today when he talked and he called. He said that the um, uh, Chandler had dana white privilege i mean that's a genius line it really is that's a genius line i get so jealous when someone gives a genius line like that because i'm like damn it why didn't i think of it but that's a genius line right he was entertaining today it was very entertaining more entertaining than Tony ferguson usually is because Tony ferguson is kind of just like an oddball and today i thought he was more coherent he was you know on point he was saying stuff that was actually funny and not just like kind of like awkward i really wish that that was a Tony ferguson we had on the whole run to it with the conversation but i feel like 
this is what Tony Ferguson that we have now with it's not going to be able to back it up in the ring. I think Darius is going to land a big right hand, a big left hook, and end this fight. I think Tony Ferguson is going to be aggressive. I think Darius is not going to run away from that. And I think that there might be some fun exchanges, but I don't expect Tony Ferguson to survive the first big shot. I really do not. Because he, he always hurt in fights, especially when he was had a chin. Now he doesn't have that anymore. That's gone. Once you lose your chin, you lose your chin. That's a real thing. And he lost his chin. And Darius is going to win this fight. And this is the, I feel pretty confident in this fight. This will be part of one of my bets. Okay, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. All right, let's get to the boxing card, which is a decent boxing card. And PBC has been on one with offering us entertaining fights, right? Now, may like this is also an entertaining fight that's going to lead to a title fight. But it's mostly just entertaining. And that's what they're like going after now, right? It's, it's more of like a UFC model. Right, it's like I'm gonna give you entertainment. I'm gonna stack. I'm gonna give a decent card on it, and people will watch this. Right, this is a guarantee war. We got Luis Neri versus Brandon Figueroa, and Brandon Figueroa is the brother of Omar Figueroa, who we just seen get destroyed last week. Um, and you see me win money against betting against him, but I think I'm gonna go the other way this week, right? Because you got Luis Neri, right? Powerful, uh, aggressive. Uh, you know, confident in his shots. Um, and then you got Brandon Figueroa, who is super big for the weight, right? Which probably his best his best skill, his best attribute, what he's bringing to the ring. And this happens. This happened to Chavez Jr. This happens to uh, Maniga was doing this for a while. They get a guy, you get a guy, right? He's young and he's ginormous for the weight and for some reason because he hasn't put on his like fully man body yet he can make that weight and that makes him the most effective because he's hitting you you're basically getting hit by a guy with two weight classes above you which was Chavez jr was doing for a long time right and then once they can't make that weight no more you see him diminish well brandon figueroa is still in the weight class that he could still make where he's too big for that's definitely what's going on here and luis neary is not the biggest guy at this weight class now he hits really hard um he's definitely you know not gonna look to box He's definitely not going to be the most defensive guy in there. He's going to look to trade. He's, he's going to hit you with, try to hit you with big swiping shots because that's the way he punches. And then you got Figueroa who looks to put pressure on you. He can fight from a distance, but he won't do it. He won't commit to it. He's going to fall in on you. He's going to try to hit you from weird spots, hit you with his upper body, uh, put his weight on you, out-muscle you, uh, pound you to the body. He's going to do all those things. Right now, does he super flawed defensively? Yes, uh, Brandon Figueroa is super flawed defensively, and he does the same thing his brother does. He puts his heads too much to one side, which doesn't allow him to ride off a punch. If he gets caught with it, it's only off balance. His head's not covered, and it's fully committed to one side, so he's getting the brunt of the punch. Luis Neri is got a high guard, but it falls apart. It falls apart, especially when he's throwing combinations, uh, especially when he opens up. Um, He's not going to throw any straight shots, so he's never going to loop everything. I think this is going to be a war. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think this is going to be a fight where both guys are landing big shots, and maybe both guys get hurt. But I just think Brandon Figueroa's size is going to play a big factor in here. And the fact that he could fight long if he needs to, and he could find the inside, I just think he brings more to the table of this fight. Now, I think Luis Neri, if you looked at it and you added all the things up, you would say he's the more talented fighter, right? He... Um, 
the things he's best at is better than what Brand Figueroa is best at. But Brand Figueroa is going to bring so much to the table, and especially with that size advantage, I think it's just going to wear down Neri. And I expect Brand Figueroa to get a stoppage late in this fight, and I think that's going to, you know, it's a, it's an upset if that happens. It's not a massive upset, but it's just if he can make this weight class, he's going to be problems for a lot of people. You're going to have to really outbox this guy. If he goes to Cool Boy Steph, Cool Boy Steph will outbox him. But this fight right here, Luis Neri, I think he looks like he's set up to win this fight, but I think Brandon Figueroa's size will play a huge factor as this fight goes on. And the pressure the, and the ability to be able to fight on the outside, which he can do, which is capable of. And I wish he would do it more because that would definitely enhance him more. But in this fight, I expect Brandon Figueroa to pull it off. Now, the counter to that is Figueroa's bad defense just plays a factor. And the swiping shots catch him at the part where he's leaning too much on one side. And Luis Neri changes it. The, the, the whole element of the fight right it hurts him and maybe he stops him or maybe he just never figure never recovers like his brother you know what i mean the guys that fight like that they can get caught there's a good chance you know they don't recover that's just what it is so i'm picking brand figueroa for that fight and brand figueroa i'm telling you he has the elements to be a star like his brother would have been a star if he would have kept winning if he would have kept his kind of his life in order and would have kept at the lower weight class but the problem is one day this guy's gonna grow out of his weight class does his skills come up as he has to go up and wait? Though his brother didn't, we're going to see what Brandon, but right now in this moment, it's perfect timing to go for a title shot. On the undercard of that one, you got Danny Roman versus Ricardo Franco. So just Danny Roman to me is the, to me, the legitimate number two behind uh, Akamedov. Akhmedov, Akhmedov. There's probably more. Uh, what is it called? Uh, there's probably more. Um, what the heck word am I looking for? When there's like, when you break a word into like three parts, what is that called? Syllables. There's more syllables in that name, Akhmedov. It's like if I'm abbreviating this guy's real name, but this is the number two to that weight class with Akhmedov. One day I'll get this man's name right. Being the world champ, right? Dan Roman's the number two. Kind of slept on, kind of like on these undercards, which is kind of weird because he was just the champ. He lost the title to the main guy, but this is where he's at. It's There's a fight to be set up for him. You know, the PBC is building him along. Uh, Ricardo Franco, which could be an entertaining fight. These are the kind of fights I like if you're going to, you know, give me an opponent that I don't know, right? An opponent that no one probably knows. Make sure that the guy's coming to fight, coming forward, not going to have to fall, uh, you know, not a boring style or anything like that. So this is, this guy, everything Ricardo Franco tries to do, Danny Roman is better at. That's the only way we have to look at this fight. It's the easiest way to tear this, this fight apart is what is Ricardo Franco trying to do? Well, whatever he's trying to do, Danny Roman is better at. So that's why Danny Roman's going to win this fight. He's going to get a stoppage in this fight. Uh, I expect a KO by the seventh round. That's what I'm predicting. And I just think because Danny Roman is just better. And Ricardo Franco, the one thing to watch that I've seen in his style is his guard. He has a bad habit of closing his hands in front of his face when you punch. I don't know. That's, a, that's like a flinch type of thing. And I think that he, when he punches at him, he puts his hands up. But because of the positioning of his hands, it leaves everything else open on the sides. And I think Danny Roman is just going to pick him apart. And the shots that come wide for Ricardo Franco, I think Danny Roman is going to be able to put it on him. Um how's this pick Danny Roman in this fight I don't think I need to get too much deep into this one I will be betting on this one uh the odds are not bad actually for that fight so let's get to 
Fake money, real bets. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And that's why you're the co-host with the most. You're half asleep right now. Okay, okay, okay. So let's get to it. So I told you I couldn't break down the Terry Harper card. But I did see Dalton Smith. So I did look up his opponent because Dalton Smith my one of my favorite prospects in boxing right now. He does remind me of Canelo a little bit. I know that might sound crazy to say. He's that good to me. But he's fighting Appleyard. Anytime you see a man named Appleyard, he's either really good at boxing or he's really bad at boxing. This guy's kind of the middle, I'll be honest with you. He's not bad. He's just not in the skill of Dalton Smith. He stands too straight up. He's too hittable. I'm going to put... 500k on dalton smith minus 3000 why is it minus 3000 because they won't want you to bet on it because it's free money so they're going to try to scare me away right and they're not going to do it i'm going to bet 500k to win only 17k that is crazy no it's not it's crazy not to take a free free 17k danny roman over franco i told you danny roman is better at franco and everything franco wants to do so i'm going to bet 100k minus 400 what is that going to give me 25k those guys good at math they guessed that before i even said it matt schnell ufc this guy is um danger that's his nickname danger Okay, this guy's not joking around. His middle name is Danger. What's his middle nickname? <laughs> Why is the nickname always in the middle? I don't know. Well, I guess because it's like, well, did you have a nickname? Mountain Lion. Mountain Lion? Mm-hmm. So you were Ezra Mountain Lion Hernandez? You know how I got it? Your so, video game? No. My friend Joe came into class one day and he said, hey, I had a dream about you. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I introduced you. Man, there's a new kid, and I introduced you. And I said, hey, there's, you know, Jovan, there's Amadeus. And he said, he pointed at me. He said, there's the mountain lion. He says, he does not know why he called me that. And he woke up, and then he told me at school. And for, the, for some reason, that always stuck at that point, the mountain lion. Oh, really? Yeah. And you like I, it? I do. I do. I do like it. I do like the mountain lion. Um, but, yeah. So, Matt, dangerous now, right, versus Bontoron or Bontoran. I don't know why I try to make it Mexican. Then more Mexican than it probably is. But Bontoran, right? But Snell. Reminds me of George Lopez when he would say taran tarans. Mm-hmm. It yeah, does have a little bit. Yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, George Lopez stand up. The only good one he ever had was the first one. Uh, Matt Snell is a disciplined fighter. He's he's skilled. He's got some skill. He's got, I think he's coming into his own. And Bontoron is loses more fights than he wins in the UFC. And he's a little bit wild, and he's a little bit predictable in looping shots, doesn't have, you know, diversity in his shots. I think that's really important that you, when you're taking apart these UFC fights, you have to, the MMA fights, you got to look at the diversity of the puncher, right? Not just that he get knockouts. Is he have the skills to mix up shots? Does he have the skills to, in a punch, it's like one, two is, okay, that's fine. Throw one, two, three, four. Okay, that's fine. But there's diversity of shots, right? There's a hook that you can, the guy is good enough to ex- move his shoulder enough to extend it or tighten it up or, you know, uh, j- j- put the hip in it so he could fit in a tight area. Those little things are very important when you're looking at stand-up, especially in MMA, because sometimes you say, this guy got so much knockouts. It's like, yeah, but he, like Michael Chandler, only can land the mate uh, overhand right. He has a little left, left hook, but there's not a lot of diversity into his punch, right? Like Charles Oliveira can. So Mash Nell has more diversity in his punches than but also Mashnell just punches straight. So I'm gonna take Chanel, who I believe can hold off this the, the ground too, because he's pretty good. He's pretty good defensively on the uh he's just an athletic guy. He's uh he's a pretty well rounded fighter. Um now if there was a more tactical stand up guy, he he'd probably lose because he's kind of basic, but sometimes basics goes better than looping, 
right? Straight to looping shot, it's always going to win. I'll take Chanel, 50K minus 165 to win 30K. Darius or figure uh, Ferguson, I'm just betting against Ferguson's jaw. That's all I'm betting against. I'm just betting against his jaw. That sounds mean. I understand, but fighting's a rough sport. And if you don't have a jaw anymore, I've seen it from time and time again. And I know we want to believe that Ferguson, the hype of that he was indestructible, he kicked poles, he'd do all those things. There's also a man that tripped on a wire towards ACL. He's not invincible, okay? And we've seen him take beatings now. And we've seen Justin Gaethje break him. Um, Darius is going to land eventually in this fight. Even if he takes a beating in the first round, he will land eventually. And Ferguson will not hold up to it. I'm also going to parlay Dalton Smith, um, Daniel Roman. Schnell, Dariush, and let me add Figueroa, right? Figueroa is the underdog in that fight, and uh, that pushes me to plus 858, 10K to win 86K. These are my picks for this week. <laughs> I had a good time. It's been a fun journey. It's been a fun ride. I hope I got this out in time. You basically have to watch this tomorrow or it's useless to you because the fights are happening on Saturday. Jay's falling asleep, <laughs> so I got to wrap this up. This has been the Mouthpiece Podcast. Bye.